The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Manufacturers in China and India stepped into that vacuum. They produced a lot at very cheap price. And now we are so dependent on China and India, and um, we all realized in the, in the COVID-19 situation uh, that we have lack of products, and um, India and China was um, putting their people first, and we were second, and we couldn't get enough products uh, out of uh, China and India. Big problem, all due to reference prices. And therefore, I say we are against reference prices, but I also say we are not against lowering prices. I am not saying we are against um, saving money. We have a better system, a better system to lower healthcare costs, better than reference pricing. That is my point. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Bekali. Welcome back to another edition of COVID-19 from Crisis to Creation here on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia Falco-Bekali, your host. And the pandemic COVID-19 has definitely put one industry well into the spotlight, and that is the pharmaceutical industry. An industry that has been valued 2019 at 1.25 trillion US dollars, globally speaking, is expected to rise to about 1.7 trillion US dollars by 2024, if you want to believe the numbers by statistics. But it's also an industry that has a few challenges, not least the challenge of getting high quality drugs everywhere into the world at affordable prices. And the price issue is definitely a sticking point. If you look at drug makers that are branded, such as Pfizer, GlaxoSmithKline, or Novartis here in Switzerland, where I sit. So I thought, what do people do that really can't afford these very costly drugs, uh, don't have the money, don't have the insurance to cover it, and might not even get a government that supplies drugs cheaply or for free? The generics drugs business is definitely an alternative. Generic drugs and also biosimilars is what I would like to talk about today with Dr. Axel Müller. He's the head of the Swiss Generic Pharmaceutical Industry Association, Intergenerica. Axel, thank you so much for joining us on Mentory TV. It's my pleasure, Patricia. Thank you for having me on the show. Of course, um, you know, generic drugs, everybody likes um, a good price. But tell us a little bit, what are really generic drugs? Because I think a lot of people don't really know what a generic is. It's very simple to, to be explained. We have an original product. And as soon as the original product is coming off patent, generic drug makers can, let's say, copy it. 
and uh, make the same drug with the same active ingredient, not necessarily with the same non-active ingredients, but we have the same clinical efficacy and the same safety, but we are much, much cheaper than the original product. So that's a, an affordable therapeutic alternative to an existing patented uh, product. I, I think what the question always is, at least in my mind, is, okay, do we really have the same approval process? Do we have the same quality of drugs? And who makes sure that something that could be between 20 and 70% cheaper than, you know, a branded drug can really do what I expect it to do, medically speaking? Well, of course. So the quality is impeccable. There's no doubt. We are filing our papers to the same medical agency as the originators are doing, to the Swiss Health Authority, Swiss Medic, and they are checking the paperwork the same way we are checking the original product. So rest assured, a generic product um, from the Swiss Medic approved it has the same efficacy, efficacy and the same safety level as the original product, no doubt. And, and what I would like to, to really understand is how can a drug be so much cheaper and have the same quality and have the same approval process than the ones uh, that are generated, let's say, by Pfizer or GlaxoSmithKline, which I uh, said in the, uh, in the beginning of our show? Yeah. You know, what, what is the process of really generating and arriving at a certain price? Yeah, look, the story is very simple. When um, an originator's company is going to develop a new drug, they have to do a lot of clinical trials. We call phase one, phase two, phase three clinical trials. And that's very cost intensive, no doubt, right? And after they have the clinical trials and they have shown to the agency we are safe and we are efficacious, then they get the approval. Now, when we are coming later, let's say 10 years later, we don't have to redo the, all the clinicals again, this would be foolish, right? Because we know the drug is efficient and working. But what we have to do, we have to show we have the same quality, this is the same pharmaceutical quality, and we have to do so what we call bioavailability studies. We have to show to the, to the regulator, when we take a product, when we swallow a, a tablet, the, the amount of active ingredient has the same germ well, how can I put it? It's the same pattern as the originator's brother. Let me quickly interrupt the conversation to say thank you that you are here with me on the channel. If you do enjoy what I'm putting out, the in-depth kind of conversations, then why don't you subscribe and also hit the bell button so I can keep you informed with our newest releases. Thanks for that in advance. And let's get back to the conversation. And that's basically what we are doing, showing same quality, and the same bioavailability, and then we get the approval. And of course, because we don't have to do the cost-intensive clinical trials, we yeah. can be, at the end of the day, much, much cheaper. That's yeah. the deal of the generics, right? Yes, exactly. I think that is a crucial point. It really is the phase, phase one, phase two, phase three. I mean, we just had yesterday, today is the 10th of November, on the 9th of November, 2020, the big announcement that Pfizer, together with the German BioNTech, might be very, very close to uh, a drug approval for a vaccine against COVID-19. And of course, here also, the price is a big issue. Who can get it? Where in the world? At what price uh, that this pandemic had really, can really be faced? 
missed out. But let's say a little bit about the attitude of, of generic drugs. What are the attitudes in general when you look at not only us as potential patients and, and um, consumers of these drugs, but also the doctors, uh, the insurances? What is the situation when it comes to prescribing generics as well as reimbursing them? Yes. First of all, doctors in Switzerland, they are free, right? They can prescribe what they think is the right product for my patient. And that's good, right? At the end of the day, the health insurance people, rightly so, they say, look, uh, it's very cost intensive. It's very um, expensive. And we have every year um, the, there's a tendency that the premium we have to pay to our health insurance is going to rise. So at the end of the day, to... Uh, well, to have a solution for that problem, uh, medication should become cheaper. Now, the story here in Switzerland is <clears throat> we have a, a wrong system, a wrong in bracket system. The incentives are wrong because, listen, the issue is if a doctor prescribes um, an expensive product, he has a higher margin, so he gets more money in his own pocket. If a pharmacist dispenses a, a more expensive product, he has more money in his own pocket. So the, the incentive is wrong. So we are advocating, look, whether it's an expensive product, whether it's a cheap generic, the doctor and the pharmacist should have the same margin. And then what happens if they have the same money, whether they prescribe an expensive or a cheaper, naturally they will prescribe more cheaper generics. And uh, then we will have a more penetration rate in the generics market. We will have more safe savings, and this will bring down uh, medication costs uh, significantly and dramatically. But that is an amazing conflict of interest, because there you have the big farmers really, um, you know, pushing, lobbying for their products, of course, running around the doctors to push them. And then you have the, pharm the pharmacies themselves as, as retail out outlets for medicine. And then you have the generic industry, which is really good for us consumers, be it uh, even in rich Switzerland or somewhere in Guatemala, let's say, that is really a, a life issue, a life-saving issue. How can this conflict be resolved? I mean, you have that initiative, but is it only in Switzerland, this kind of conflict, or is that something that is uh, really happening across the globe? Well, if you look into Europe, right, and um, I, would, I would say in Germany is uh, 20 years more advanced when it comes to generics, right? They made sure that um, generics uh, has to be prescribed and has to be to, uh, exchanged um, 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 for the sake of uh, for cost savings. And um, uh, Switzerland is behind. And that's the reason why we have only a market share of, of 20% um, in terms of uh, volume, right? Um, um, sorry, in terms of um, value of the total pharmaceutical market. When you look into, into um, in Germany or the Netherlands or Denmark, they have a penetration of uh, generics up to 80%. So we 20%, they have 80%. So you see that's a discrepancy um, why they have so many generics and we don't. So, and we have to, to change that when we really want to bring down medication costs in Switzerland. Is there a conflict of interest? Of course, right? But we have to deal with it and then find 
the right solution for the patients, right? That's very important. Yeah, and it is a significant industry. I think worldwide uh, in 2019, it was worth about 370 billion US dollars. Uh, in Germany, actually, as you were mentioning it, it is quite huge, 2019, 70 billion dollars worth of a generics market. Yes, and Switzerland is behind. Axel, this conflict of interest when it comes to the pricing of generics is one aspect. The other aspect is reference pricing. It's a big issue here in Switzerland. I know that Intergenerica and yourself, you are really having and getting involved in a campaign against reference pricing. What is happening on that front? First of all, what is a reference price, right? Government is setting a fixed price for a medication containing, for all medications containing the same active ingredient. That means for you, right? If, if you want to have your old medication, because you are used to it, you, you have trust in it, and you like it, um, and you do not want to change because your product might be a little bit more expensive, you have to pay the gap between the reference price, which will be reimbursed by the health insurances, and the actual price, you have to put that money out of your own pocket, right? And we, first of all, we think that's a little bit unsocial. That's the first point. The second point is, if you have always to change the medication, uh, which is the cheapest at the moment, in order to avoid the co-payment, you have to change your medication frequently. Now we know from research, if you have to change your medication frequently, this will lead to a bad compliance, this will lead to confusion, and the patients may, may either drop the medication, they don't take it anymore, or they take too many because they are so confused, they have many packs at home, same ingredient, always changing the pack size or the pack, uh, the pack appearance. This will lead to over-medication and this will lead to side effects and hospitalization. And that is not what I'm saying, it's, it's what the researchers tell us, right? We have, shown, we have seen that uh, in, in many countries where reference prices uh, were introduced. Now, this is uh, the patient's point. The other point is that's very important. Look, a reference price system will, is a race to the bottom. Price will come dramatically down, down, and down. This might be good for, for the patients, right, or for the, uh, for the health insurances. But the, the manufacturers, they have various options. The first option is they lower the cost somewhere else, right? They will lower warehousing. They have not so many stocks anymore. Not so many stocks will lead, like in the COVID-19 pandemic situation, to a truck shortages. That's one point. The second point is if the price is coming to a point where the margin for the manufacturer is not reasonable anymore, he will drop it. He will not sell it. He will withdraw it from the market or he will refrain from bringing a new generic to the market if he realizes the prices are too low. This will lead also to drug shortages. And the biggest problem was, and I look, I worked um, <clears throat> quite some time in, in Germany, and in Germany in the late 90s, they introduced reference pricing and rebate systems. What happened? Prices dropped dramatically. 50% of the generic industry disappeared. They, they just walked away, right? They just left the market. And very importantly, they looked at um, the manufacturers of active ingredients. They stopped manufacturing the product because it was not reasonable and affordable anymore. What happened? Manufacturers in China and India stepped into that vacuum. They produced a lot at very cheap price. And now we are so dependent 
on China and India. And uh, we all realized in the, in the COVID-19 situation uh, that we have lack of products and um, India and China was um, putting their people first and we were second and we couldn't get enough products uh, out of uh, China and India. Big problem, all due to reference prices. And therefore, I say we are against reference prices, but I also say we are not against lowering prices. I am not saying we are against um, saving money. We have a better system a better system to lower healthcare costs, better than reference pricing. That is my point. Yeah, and I would like to go a little bit deeper into drug dependency and outsourcing something that is life-saving drugs to other countries, continents. But let me first of all ask you, um, Axel, I think what you're trying with this campaign is awesome, but what is the likelihood to really be successful, realistically? Yeah, but first of all, we, we made our story. We had all our arguments And I guess already a couple of months ago, we, uh, we set up what we call an alliance, an alliance against reference prices. So I wanted to avoid that it's only bad pharma and we also wanted to protect and safeguard our margins. No, we said, look, that is the, the experience we have from other countries. Why should we import a reference price system where we know It didn't work in other countries, or, or, or to be very <laughs> cautious, which will not be the right measure for Switzerland. That is probably the right uh, way to say. And then we talked with doctors, we talked with pharmacists, we talked with, uh, um, with uh, patients, uh, groups, and so on. And, and they were convinced, yes, we are right. We want to lower the cost, we want to lower the prices, but we do not want, for the reasons I mentioned, this healthcare, this reference pricing. And then um, we made our campaign. Uh, we spoke a lot with uh, our politicians in Bern and the commission of the Federal Council uh, for Health, they looked at our data, they looked at our arguments and they voted, this is the 25, it's a group of 25 uh, politicians in the healthcare group. And they said, yes, you have a point, right? And they argued, and they made a recommendation now to the parliament. Um, we are also against reference pricing, and we want you, the parliament, look deeper into the proposal the alliance brings on the table. And, um, and um, end of uh, October, so a couple of days ago, the parliament voted with a majority against reference pricing, and they voted... We want this model, uh, Intergenerica with the Alliance Partners, brought on the table. And even, yeah, perfect. perfect. Yeah, congratulations. Well, that's a big yeah. thing to announce. Yay. <laughs> it's great. No, absolutely. No, thank you. We, we, are, we are really flattered. And I'm happy that at the end of the day, our arguments were the better arguments. Mm -hmm. Because um, we also realized as an industry, we cannot say always, no, 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 don't lower prices. This is wrong. Our mission as an industry is bring affordable medicines to the people, bring do everything possible to lower healthcare costs. That's our mission, right? It's in our genes as a generic manufacturer. So we said we don't so say no. We say no to the reference price system, but we bring something to the table which will, at the end of the day, save 270 million you, um, the Swiss francs, right? in a market which is at executory price a little bit more than 650 million. Can you believe it? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, we bring it voluntarily. Take it here, right? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I so get it. I wonder about how at odds or not is the big pharma industry, like the big brands, with the generics pharmaceutical industry? Is there, apart from the price, is there a misconception? Is there a dislike or is there cooperation and trying to move together to the greater good of trying to supply affordable drugs everywhere in the world? Yeah. Well, from a first glance, right, they cannot like us because we bring a competitive product at a very cheaper price and we steal them margin. That's from a first glance. Now, on the second glance, if you look at our landscape, right, all, not all, but many originators have now a division of generics. I mean, look at Novartis, right? They have Sando, which is a generic player, but they have both, right? And they have to deal with both now. And I guess there are not anymore these um, brutal Chinese walls. There is a, a synergy. Uh, Patricia, look, we have a saying, we need the originators to develop and manufacture a new innovative product. And then after 10 years, we can copy it, right? And while we are copying that product, we put so many pressure on the, on the originators to be innovative again, right? Because otherwise they will lose business. So we are the motor, we continue to be innovative. And once you are innovative, we can copy you. In. It's, a, it's, a, it's a circle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's actually self-feeding. Yeah, exactly like, like, yeah, I like your approach with, hey, you know, once the patent runs out, we're going to take it over and you need to invent something new. So here's yeah. the pressure on. I think it's quite interesting to see wherever you stand. Of course, you can argue for it in a different way. So I think it's, a, it's an interesting one. And in terms of, you know, the the patient themselves. Do you feel that there's a lack of education about what generics really are? And we are going to talk about biosimilars in a moment as well, that a lot of people go like, okay, uh, you know, it really is expensive, but I rather go uh, with a brand like one does, for example, with washing powder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you mentioned it. It's, it's a way of how to edu educate um, the patients, right? Um, in, in markets like uh, Holland, uh, Netherlands, uh, Germany, uh, the UK, Denmark, nobody argues anymore, right? It's a generic. It's, it's, a, it's a quality medication. That's it, right? We have that situation uh, still in Switzerland while it's, um, we are, it's uh, in the infancy of, uh, of developing a bigger uh, industry now. It needs more education. People realize it's, uh, it's the same. It has the same quality. It has been approved by the same agency. Um, it's coming. I'm very confident it's coming because our segment in the, in the pharmaceutical market is basically now outgrowing the total pharmaceutical market. We are growing at, at 4%, and, uh, which is still at, on a lower level. But at least uh, our segment is growing. People realize it's the same, and I can afford money. I can save my, my little bit of money. And so it will come. I'm pretty convinced. I tell you one thing for sure, Axel. Every time I go to the pharmacy, I always ask for, do you have a generic version? Uh, simply because, you know... But I'm, you are the person, yeah? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, <laughs> so I'm you are the person. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm accounting for all your revenues. No, obviously not. Well, listen, um, talking about availability, and you mentioned it before, and I'm so happy you pulled it out, and that is the supply chain of pharmaceuticals, life-saving pharmaceuticals. Because of the price, pricing pressure, the consumer wanting good drugs, also from branded producers, we have started 
to outsource a lot. Reference pricing, you mentioned it early on, is one of the reasons. But the COVID-19 pandemic definitely showed what it means if you go for cheap rather than, okay, a bit more expensive, but in my backyard kind of production. Can you tell us a little bit what, what we learned from this experience at the beginning of 2020 from COVID-19 and these, these drug bottlenecks? And that wraps up the first part of my conversation with Dr. Axel Müller from Intergenerica about the generics drugs market. And if you like our conversations here on Mentory TV, make sure to like them, to share them, and also to subscribe to my channel, Mentory TV, so I can keep you in the loop with our newest videos out there. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.